bitch loves existentialism and nihilism and loves being like uh that's a social construct just at like the most annoying time which like i do genuinely like deconstruction um i'm just also yeah i'm not gonna send you the ones that are like straight up i mean i'll send the two of you to them to look at the ones that are straight up not safe for work but i don't recommend posting them because i like definitely spent 200 dollars for on a picture of rob stark with arrows in him and a dick in his mouth <laughs> well, maybe, maybe like don't Let's start the podcast this like, way yeah. don't yep. no. so I'm gonna way. send you that one maybe do not post that one please but I am fine sharing we it can still people. look at it amongst ourselves yeah. and, and, and they can google will. it if they want to look at it yeah. also yeah. Well, well, yeah I can tell them where to find it I will tell them my, my not safe for work Rob blog link Hi everyone. This is Game of Bones. This is episode four hundred and one. Here talking we go. About the Prince of Winterfell. Everyone got quiet. <laughs> it has not been quiet. Stage right. The Prince of Winterfell and the Watcher are our chapters today. And with us on the podcast are two friends of mine, Sinya and Cass Hardwick. Who I, I have an introduction. Like yeah. stuff to read, but I have to find it first. I guess you can just say hi to everyone hi. and not pretend like we haven't been talking this whole time. Oh yeah, no, totally <laughs> yeah. not. No, we've never, totally <laughs> not. Oh my god, we haven't had any fun yet so no, far. Not so one. I'm very serious. Um, if you want, um, I can. Um, I I texted you the blurbs. I can I can fucking can read. Also just read. I can it. even just read them if you want. Yeah, you should read the blurb. Tell yeah, everyone so about yourselves. Um, we have so much to get through. Yeah, oh tonight. my god, we have we got we have a lot to go. We got a lot to say. Sonya and Cass met on Tumblr dot com about four years ago, uh, writing and blogging about House Bolton, and have been married for two years and have two cats. Cass is a professional cat expert and works in animal rescue, occasionally naming dogs after people, much like Ramsey Bolton. Uh, Senya works in a cafe and studies poetry and literary theory. Senya is pretty sure Roose Bolton would be a postmodernist. Um, Cass's URL on Tumblr is tender-vittles. Um, you're also on a AO3 is tender-vittles is your yes. username there, as well as on the Instagram. Um, and I'm love your crooked neighbor, all one word, N-E-I-G-H-B-O-U-R, uh, which is a line from a poem by Auden. Um, that's my Tumblr URL. Oh, my super edgy Instagram is necro.pharmacon, N-E-C-R-O dot P-H-A-R-M-A-K-O-N. Um, and then on AO3, uh, this is Archive of Our Own, which is um, um, for fan readers fan. or, yeah, yeah, which is for fan fiction. But specifically, it's a transformative works nonprofit, which started um, after fanfiction.net went down uh, because... They still yeah, exist. They just don't well, exist well, yeah. in a good form. A, well, yeah, yeah. After they took down no. the porn, um, basically. <laughs> but also, like, the idea that there should be somewhere that protects people's right to make fan works, post them, uh, and not be... And be willing to, like, fight external legal things, whereas fanfiction.net um, isn't really... Care. Like, just doesn't uh, give a shit about that. Um, together... Senya and Cass write fan fiction cosplay and have given presentations on fandom and House Bolton. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we met on Tangler.com. Tangler, eh? <laughs> yeah, no, no, Tangler. That's like a joke instead of being like Tumblr.com, Tangler.hell, <laughs> Blue Hell, just like fucking stupid alternate names. Um, I just want to tell everyone that ever since I've known you, you have been the Boltons to me. 
and we wanted yeah. to get you. We wanted to have you on the podcast so badly to talk about <laughs> Bruce Bolton and Ramsey Bolton and what they're up to in the North. And we realized on our last episode there was so much Bruce and leeching, <laughs> and it was like, why did why haven't we put this together yet? So now we're we're gonna make a stand, hopefully for the rest of a feast with dragons. Any excuse if we have to pull you guys back on the podcast, we will. Yeah, but I think please. This is just the the perfect opportunity to jump right in though with the with everything that's happened in this chapter today. But I want to hear your story of love. Oh, yeah. Also. Yeah, I guess tell, tell the quick so, version. So this, is our, gotta, this is our Or tell story the whole version. I just, okay. you know, I'm just so, this is a happy moment for me. This Aww. all come together. Oh, no, no, no. We're really, and we're really excited to be <laughs> on it. So our romance began uh, four years ago when there was going to be a Bolton fandom meetup at the Bronx Zoo. And yeah. Um, Perfect so I, place. <laughs> yeah, of course. I was somewhat new to Bolton fandom at the time. Um, Ramsey appeared to me in a dream, and then I woke up and I was like, "Wow, the internet needs to know about this." And little did I know, the internet already knew about it. Um, so, so yeah. So there was some there was some confusion where Senya got an anonymous message from someone on Long Island saying like, oh, I really would like to come to the meetup, but I'm shy. And uh, that wasn't me, even though I lived on Long Island at the time, but everyone thought it was me. I had been too shy to say anything at all, even Aww. though I really wanted to go. Um, so and I was so, like, hey, is that you? Do you want yeah. to come to my cool, <laughs> not serial killer meetup at the Bronx Botanical <laughs> Zoo? We're <laughs> just here to celebrate the uh, Bolton. Bronx yeah. Zoo, yeah, fuck it. So, so, uh, so yeah, so then Senya, like, reached out to me and was like, oh, is this you? And I was like, no, but can I come anyway? Um, so then, yes, yeah, so then we, um, I ended up going, and, and that's the weird story of how we met, and then, and uh, then we It's still, not weird to us, or probably anyone listening. We, yeah. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, that's so magical. Well, we, we... And then we just started hanging out. We had time. an immediate chemistry. We did. But, Is that um, right? Did. Yeah. There was some immediate, like, but um, ooh. But we didn't do anything for a long time because yeah. um, we had both gotten out of very bad um relationships i was in um oh this is gonna be this is gonna hit on the sad part of the story i was in an abusive relationship for about three years uh-huh. um before i met Cass, and i was like well clearly if i start dating them yeah. i'll just like we'll just turn into awful people because that must be how relationships work it's not that this yeah. one person was a bad person it's that like clearly dating is bad mm-hmm. um yeah and then um i had i had also been in an abusive relationship for many many years um prior to that and then i was kind of in i like was like at the end of another relationship i was then, a homewrecker yeah, you were. <laughs> oh no and then we, we slowly slowly finally got it together yeah the first time we actually kissed was after we watched resistance which uh you and and uh tom Alicia are in yeah uh, and then we finally smooched and, finally yeah no it was like after like six, six months, months. Like yeah that's six a months. long time oh my God. it was really bad because we went on we had been going on things that were kind of like dates and i was like oh we could like do more stuff like we could like kiss and stuff Cass was like yeah was and then like, we didn't yeah. kiss and then it took us like another three months yeah then we hugged then, um yeah then we hugged then we baby steps yeah, yeah we moved in together with other people then we were when our lease was going to be up um this is real real cute actually we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do and if we wanted to live together and we were like i think i want to live with you forever, forever. 
we sat on it for a couple months and then we were like oh yeah let's get married it feels yeah. right it's so sweet yeah that's so and sweet we celebrated our second anniversary yeah on, on may, may 27th yeah, oh congratulations yeah, thank you okay but now we can get into like the yeah, juicy bit sorry well, when I did sped over it at the end yeah, uh, yeah. when did walder into your life oh. Walter was before Walter was we were when, married. Right before we were married, like a couple months before we were married. Um, uh, so we we were still living with roommates, but one oh. of our roommates, um, I'm looking. She at moved out and took her cat with her. Um, her cat didn't like other cats, so as soon as he left, I was like, Senya, we have to get a cat. We have to. So you were like, if we don't cat. get a cat, I will I die. Will literally, yeah, I, was like, I will shrivel <laughs> up and die if we don't get a cat right now. So we went to um, the yeah. New York City Animal Care Centers and uh, always and adopt, found, don't shop. Yeah, adopt, but like don't for real, don't. Um, um, and don't declaw your cats. I oh will come God. to your house don't. and I will claw you that's myself. Like, that's like Ramsey cutting <laughs> yeah. off the actually, fingers. No, it actually and toes. is. Like that's, that, mm-hmm. it actually is the equivalent. That's the same thing. So, so learn something, Game of Owns. Like don't don't reek <laughs> your cats. Don't do that. Don't yeah, reek don't reek your cats. I don't even have a cat and I feel like I'm being come for. Don't reek your cats. <laughs> I don't know where to begin. Why the Boltons? Where did all of this begin? Um, do you we want need the origin story? Do you stories. want to go first or second? Uh, I could go first. Yeah, go first. Um, I wanted to watch the show. So I before and I'm a big nerd. So I was like, I'm going to read the books first. Because got to oh, yeah. read the books before you see the the cinematic version. So... <laughs> So I I uh, read all the books like I like pounded through them because they were so good, um, and then a couple of months after that I I think I was like rereading or something or I just finished the show or whatever, but I I had a dream about Ramsey and Theon as like a thing and then I I literally it literally came to me in a dream it was faded I woke up and I was like wow this is like a thing I need to go write some fan fiction um and it was it was kind of all all uphill downhill um from there and then I just got really into writing fan fiction I just like churned out a bunch of content like really quickly over a couple months and set everyone's expectations of me way too high I've just always been really into villains, but like something about Ramsey has really has really stuck. Um, that I don't that know. Extra it's bitch just, fashion. It, it is. I mean, you know, he's fashion. a fashion icon. I think it's just that he he just he just does his thing. He does what he <sighs> wants. Bastard. What did you say about Ramsey last night? That he those are three things that he would if you needed taken oh, care of yeah. he's got you oh yeah oh yeah so we, we have, have we have a votive, votive candle. candle that my coworker what my former His, um, coworker so, got me so a the, Ramsey Bolton votive candle so the things <laughs> yeah. he's in charge of like as a saint if he were a saint or like the thing <laughs> oh my god I'm gonna find so many fucking Catholics on this air show um but is uh, just say you're sorry yeah uh you know, very sorry uh receiving packages receiving packages. Uh, overcoming obstacles and <laughs> pet health. Pet health. Um, <laughs> pet health. Uh, yikes! Um, oh my god, bastard! What are you gonna do with your life? I'm gonna get what I want. Ouch! That's that's a parody of shoes to, as a real throwback. Young lady, what are you gonna? do? I'm gonna get what I want. <laughs> Fiscal responsibility, <laughs> like literally. I love there's... that video so much. No, I love it so, so much. Good. Honestly, such a classic. Opulent queer art. Well, the short version is um, like also I've definitely been edgy forever. 
Um, but the the short and like more serious answer is like this is like an example of like we have a whole bunch of like queer people that we hang out with on the internet talking about um enjoying villains, which like has to do with like queer coding stuff. Oh, Ramsey, what a bicon! What a problematic bicon! Just fucking wow. Um, but um, but more seriously, um, I. I I think it's very understandable that I'm um, looking at a lot of um, how I grew up and what it means for me, like physically to be like read as a man when I'm not uh, frequently is to like be physically not hyper masculine looking and also growing up with a lot of situations where um, I didn't have control over my environment and didn't have control and wanted control that I think being drawn to the concept of a not super masculine looking but definitely masculine person who has like a bunch of power i mean to to me that makes sense why that would be like appealing to me on a subconscious level um and like that a lot of the like weird like literary and like you know like in my like actual lit study stuff i'm like also edgy um i study spectrality and like hauntedness um i'm looking at a copy of martyrdom a very short introduction that's on my floor i have like a notebook that looks like me um i'm just into like embodiment and bodies and like art and shit and like so is Cass and we're into that together like yeah this isn't like a weird mm-hmm. isolated interest we have we're also interested in horror in general and I think, I mean, at least for me, I don't know about for you, but um, definitely, like, with, with Theon and Ramsey stuff, mm. um, having, like, a very, like, long history of being in an abusive relationship, um, particularly during, like, some very formative years of my life, um, I I feel like Bolton stuff has been, like, a really good outlet for me and yeah. has really helped me get to, like, a healthier place in my life, um, both in terms of like my interpersonal relationships and like my own mental health yeah um and i i think that i don't know you know if i hadn't fallen into this like little niche fandom within a bigger fandom i don't know you know if i would have made the same amount of progress um yeah and obviously part of Mm -hmm. that is like having a really good supportive um spouse and uh you know just having someone that like really gets me and that really connects with me on a really deep level um but also just like you know just having that like imaginative creative outlet as well um and that that's definitely been a big part of it and and why this has kind of been such an enduring interest yeah we're making big googly eyes at each other good I can tell. One of the, yeah, one of the things that you made me think of is I read Confessions of a Mask when I was like 14, 15, and still like, like I had not read A Song of Ice and Fire at that point. Um, I read it when I was in my 20s. Um, and like the first couple books I read that were pretty formative to me were all about like being gay and like art and violence being a site of desire both like desiring violence on oneself and others and desiring violence on art and uh, a lot of stuff with saint sebastian and um like that for me just due to like really like other kids being real fucking mean to me which is something that i've been working through of late 
um, I just didn't have any control. And I had this like understanding that I was supposed to be something um, monstrous or different than other children. Um, I, you know, I have a weird name and um, I was one of like three Jewish kids and there wasn't that much like racial or ethnic diversity where I grew up. So I was kind of like the most like other like I was in like the bottom tier basically at um at my at my school like there were definitely people who who faced more like explicit visual racism um and like xenophobia because like for me it's not racism but like it's in like a same like category of things that I was and then also being out as queer when I was in high school I was used to um self-conceiving as something like monstrous because of being persecuted by other people um yeah so like I've just kind of been like this forever um so thanks society now you all get repaid in hot steamy torture fan fiction yeah yeah yeah. paying it forward instead of being negative to other people like people were to me I'm giving you all sexy art that I paid for yeah and producing it also sorry that that got too sad so i wanted to like pop it back up because whenever i don't know instead of um i've started like giving people the serious answers about that um because then when people are genuine they they really care and then when people are like just trying to like be annoying then it makes them feel bad and i'm (laughs) still petty but uh, but also like pettiness and joking aside it is like i think it it just helps you like when people do really care and really want to understand i think it really um tells people a lot Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people can relate to this idea of figuring out their identity and like coming to terms with things that have happened in their lives through fandom and kind of through that creative expression that we've all found through fandom. Yeah. So I think it's definitely super relatable to kind of hear other people's stories in such an open and honest way, because on some level or another, I think a lot of us can can relate as well yeah no exactly and for some people it's just something maybe like a little bit less flamboyant it's like oh like john's struggle with knowing where he belongs in the world like reminds me of like my own struggle with that um and like my favorite pov characters are probably like theon brienne davos catelyn uh that's like a that's a divisive thing cast is not like the catlin povs and i do love fucking davos yes in this house we love and respect davos seaworth and stannis baratheon despite (laughs) being bolton fans we love and respect davos in this house as well probably rip on stannis but whenever people like bruce just drops i wanna i want it was unbelievable ramsey wanted to give fake aria his head as a wedding present. Oh my god, there's so much. Bruce Bolton really just did. Bruce Bolton, Bruce like, don't that. encourage my naughty bastard Bolton. Like, every single time I fucking reread sections that Bruce is in, I'm always like, oh, maybe my headcanons about him that I make up are really just, like, self-indulgent and I'm wrong. And I'm just, like, self-projecting on this, which, like, of course I am a little bit. But then he does shit like that. Yeah. This was why Bruce Bolton had forced him as a lord again to play his part in this mummer's farce. Oh my god, mummer's farce. If you drink every time the word, the phrase mummer's farce comes up, you will die. Um, but In this chapter alone? Or in Bruce, this whole book? Fucking servicent, <laughs> well, I'm gonna use the fucking sexy voice I used to read Bruce's part, which I sent in a recording to cast when we were first early in our relationship 
We help service in this, and when Stannis is defeated, we will discuss how best to restore you to your father's seat. His lordship had said in that soft voice of his, a voice made for lies and whispers, Theon never believed a word of it. Like, like that's canonical. Like, like that's so fucking overdramatic. Like, Imagine I love it. just, like, after just be like, psych, psych, bitch. So you don't uh, think that he bought into that at all? Not even a little I, bit? No, no, I think Theon bought into he it. Had, like, like Theon, Theon like, was like, I want it to be true. I, I want, want it to be it, true. But, but like the fact that Roose is just really 100% like yeah. that all the time. Because I mean, in this, mm-hmm. whole, in this whole chapter, he's like thinking about, oh, what would it be like to have a home? So I'm sure when Roose told him that, he he felt like the tingles of like, oh, well, maybe. But then was like, um... Theon, no. Theon, like Reek was like, yeah, I want it. And Theon was like, don't listen to that fucking, this naughty man. He even compares it to like, does he compare that to to Kira with her keys with the during the fake uh, out? No, the fake out, that's at the, that's at the, the betting. Um, oh, 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 with the knife, right? With the knife. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it's the same idea. It will, yeah, the son is just the shadow of the father. Yeet. Like, yeah. Right. Where is him fucking just ragging on fucking Stannis you fucking it's when he's when he's talking at the feast god there's blah blah fucking they're all afraid this mind is on no the part's gross mm, yummy pie. <laughs> no like oh I'm like okay the part with the rat king when when it's Vander too much. Oh, right. like play the rat king it's song, too much. hey guys. play the rat king hey play the rat king play the rat king <laughs> wink wink that's the one i want to hear right now he goes we should have a song about the rat cook he was muttering as he staggered past the on lights. singer give us a song about the rat cook how was that pie yes that fucking bitch like he really did that god this yeah everyone's so shady everyone is so shady everyone's so shady barbree dustin barbree girl Girl, everyone. I love in all of Theon's chapters when he like hangs out with old people and they overshare with him. That's like my favorite thing. Um, I was, oh God, I can't. I'm like, I mean, again, I have dumb bitchitis and can't fucking find the dragging Santa's quote. So let's. I could probably find it. Yeah, but um, but also Barbie Dustin is talking about uh, Roos's. He's. You want me to read it? Uh, well, well, the the Stannis dragging, but um. Well, oh no, but not the. Oh my god, my thing. Barbie Dresden says it just like let me the fuck up. But um, I was thinking about like AU meaning alternate universe where um, Roos because like, oh, yeah, I do think about Roos and Barbie together. This part where so the far we're off in an alternate universe right now. Okay, right? no, we're off okay, in an alternate universe. Okay, got where Roos marries Barbie to like keep her alive. Okay. Because he already married her sister. Which is like that great, didn't go but, well. Uh, yeah, well, that didn't go well for her. But like, but yeah, I don't or know. For their child. But I also think like I think Ru- well, I don't I don't think according to George R. R. Martin, Roos and Barbary have fucked. But like like because there's no reason for that to be included. There, there's nothing that it does to like further the character. But you think plot. based on how she thought about him in this chapter that something might have happened? Yeah, like a slash. I think it's an interesting idea. Um, there's and there's definitely other people on the internet who are into that. Yeah, I wrote a very. And I mean, I mean, she she even like because she's widowed. She's yeah, she's single. She, she says, well, no, but she also says like Theon's is. Um, the Lady of Barreton, uh, a Dustin by marriage, a, a Riswell by birth. Um, and then she says the widow of Barreton. Yeah. Um, so she is she is well aware that she's not attached to an important man right now. And I think she's thinking God. that perhaps she needs to be. She takes care to keep me sweet. 
Yeah, yeah he does. With yeah, his dick. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh my god, we talked about canonically how many times Bruce Bolton has fucked. Oh yeah, that's With, what we were talking about We know is at we least seven, because he's had three wives, one of which is Walden. God, he just came to the twins and just oh, fucking yeah, no, busted his was, dick out. That was we were talking discussing that, just dick Sonia out immediately. lost it, because one time we were talking about this, and I was like, Bruce Bolton just rolled up to the twins and was like, what up, Walder? I'm ready to fuck. <laughs> and I just fucking lost it. Like that was Bruce Bolton in this chapter. When you think that Ramsey has all of, we look at Ramsey and we see where Theon is currently feeling, and he's oh, feeling himself. This so chapter sweet. isn't a reek chapter. This is a he. It's he's he's. Let me just go back oh, right to the beginning. Yeah, no, it's yeah. so the beginning of this chapter just fucking tore my heart out. Mm-hmm. A face car device, Theon Greyjoy thought as he draped a fur trim cloak about her shoulders, a corpse buried in the snow. But Roose Bolton really steps it up when he's speaking later in the long haul of Winterfell and he's making comments about like, all this, let's retire and have a conversation about the real thing. My son will be consummating his marriage nearby and we'll get oh, the real work at hand. so good. Yeah. Right? He's just handling everything. He's just fucking, yeah, no, but he really is like, like yeah. all just like screaming at Rose, Bruce Bolton aside, like he really is just fucking brutal this chapter. He's like, okay, yeah. Ramsey. He he's like, he doesn't even fucking invite Ramsey to the meeting. The he's just like, mm-hmm. Ramsey, go yeah. fuck. This, this is his wedding. <laughs> Yeah, I just want to read this. The hall is not the place for such discussions, my lords. Let us adjourn to the Solar whilst my son consummates his marriage. The rest yeah. of you remain and enjoy the food and drink. Like, he just... He really yeah. did that. Damn. Yeah, he really did. He, did. he really did. But I mean, you, really know, you know what Ramsey is kind of thinking with probably for this whole time. So he I'm going to kill you. Notice. He's just like, um... No, Ramsey is is 150% just, like, thinking about his, like, weird fucking... How he's gonna fuck. Fuck three something. That, too. Like, that's all, like, he's... Ramsey has the only, quote-unquote, on-screen threesome in A Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah, we, um... We talked about this earlier. We talked about that. On-page threesome, so far. We also talked about, um, the thing that always really fucking gets me is um god i forgot if it's in this chapter the version of the dornishman's wife that's done as the northman's wife it's in, not this. in this chapter yeah, yeah oh, it wasn't this one sings other stuff yeah yeah that's in that's in you probably did that chapter just before this um or a little bit before this but it's really fucked up because that's where he gets the idea probably or it's a reference to that like Oof. yeah like to to what later happens and that's like it's fucked up no one ever uh, said that Ramsey doesn't appreciate art. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say. Oh my god, I just face palm. <laughs> Postmodern Roose Bolton uh, said so. Um, yeah, but Roose just fucking drags every. He fucking kicks Ramsey. Like, well, he just like Ramsey, go fuck at your wedding. We have to go do grown up things. You you go do that. You go play. It's incredible. All of his plans are are just fruiting. In yeah. front of him. Something that we've talked about in earlier episodes as we're talking about Bruce Bolton is a big question that I think I have and other readers have before they get to this point and even after this point is what Roos's whole deal with Ramsey is and why he's making certain decisions with Ramsey that he is and why he's letting Ramsey behave certain ways or kind of what's going on in his head and why is he the way that he is. And I think that we get a little bit more light on him keeping Ramsey in his place in this chapter than we maybe have seen in other chapters leading up to this. Yeah, yeah. I um 
I think, well, God, I don't chronologically remember where it is, but where um, Overshare Hour, what chapter is Overshare Hour with Roose Bolton for Theon? It's, I mean, it's just That was earlier. last chapter. Yeah, yeah that was mm-hmm. last chapter, right, because that's when he's like smuggling into the wedding and dresses yeah. him up as Theon. It was Reek 3, I Yeah, because that was Reek 3. I think that um, I always cite the the babe has my eyes like what is if one son yeah. turns against each other the kinslayer quote i really think there's a lot going on there and i think it tells us a lot what do you think's going on there well what i think is going on there is well is like i think he really was like well i did kind of make that and I, I think also at the time i think he kind of underestimated ramsey's mom for one thing yeah. um i think he really did underestimate her because like that lady, like, so she gets raped by a dude who kills her husband in front of her, like literally kills the dude. I mean, some of this is a false attrition because you can't really um, like attribute psychological aspects to characters. But like if she was a real, you know what I mean? Like it gets weird because she's not like a really a person who made the decision. But for us as a reader, to un- we understand there is a person who made the decision to have that trauma. And then um, and then Raise fucking the rolls the fuck up shows up and says you are going to give me these things yeah and faces him and gets them is like the yeah. part that really yeah. get like ruth doesn't just fucking kill her which he could he gives her a smelly he man gives her servant. a smelly man servant which is like him being an asshole and being like oh great like here <laughs> you go take this um but and i think some of that is the like well that is my child and that is a part of me um and like that is something I've built. Um, some of it also might be just have been being shitty to Bethany because, um, you know, he was having mad stillborn children. And I think it kind of, I always read it that it, Ramsey kind of like proved he could produce he could, children. Yeah. And it's that, very Henry VIII. And that it wasn't, oh my God. It no, is. No, it is. It is. Um, that it, that, that even him going out and sleeping with her, like I'm like, well, I don't like using the phrase sleeping with her because that wasn't consensual. But um, but him like going out and doing what he does is like kind of out of spite for Bethany because of all the stillborn children. Um, but this is like again, this is just like me making shit up. But he yeah. really is that petty. Okay, Roose is a very petty man, and I'm like, I'm sorry that I'm going off, and I can give you a chance to talk, no, Cass. No, no, I'm sorry. You're fine. I just um, didn't want you to pull the head. Sorry, out he's so petty. <laughs> like the fucking jape about the enmity between the Starks, Starks and, and the Boltons, Boltons has ended. Oh he's yeah, really that fucking petty. Or the wow. time when he fucking makes fucking fur from a the baby wolf. from a baby wolf out like after yeah. the meeting with Kyburn. Like, bitch is really that petty. Um, I rewatched slash, like, reread the stuff from the lore video today, which I don't know how... Those are, like, semi-canonical, the Winterfell ones. Roos in it. Like, when I first watched it, I was like, this was ghostwritten by me. Like, where are my credits? No, that video but, is amazing. But also, he's like, Winterfell. Do you know how it got so great? It had to get great because, because the Boltons were raiding it. So who really made Winterfell great? The Starks? Or was it my ancestors, <laughs> the Boltons? But... Wow. I own it now. It's really like that petty. He really is that petty. He did that. Actually, and uh, fun fact. Yeah. Um, the pictures uh, on my shoulder the ta- of my tattoo, my Bolton sleeve. Um, yeah. That is Royce Redarm on the top of my arm um, from World of Ice and Fire. So we have a, that is a, really real, cool. a real image of a Bolton ancestor. Yeah. We should talk about that piece because it's pretty awesome. Yeah. This is complete dedication. No, yeah. I'm gonna I'm actually yes, yeah, so I'm gonna close this idea out, which is that Roos really could have been petty enough to want to hurt Bethany 
by going out and like but also just like seeing a peasant doing something he didn't like and asserting his dominance like via sexual violence is like pretty in character with both like with a type of like thinking like when you're like symbol of like your house and identity is like literally a dude with no skin like that's how you're taught to think of the world like the like Starks think like wolves they repack they like work together mm-hmm. like like what the Boltons like have to think about in terms of like personhood is like torturing people mm-hmm. um yeah so I really think he is that petty is the point that like he's just a petty bitch a petty petty man so petty yeah but Gosh. we can talk about tattoos if you want yeah no I mean I have I have this whole Bolton sleeve tattoo it's great um ramsey uh so okay so what i wanted it to be was like a bolton history um so that's why i have royce red arm up top and then it goes to um on the inside of my arm is uh oh my god i'm sorry our cat's just knocking (laughs) stuff over in the bathroom um and then it goes to domark bolton on the inside of my arm um he's he's, after he's like been poisoned and he's dead is he leaning over is that yeah he's on a bed it looks so good yeah he looks so good god um and then i've got like and then pulling it all together is kind of the wind and the leaves through the the weirwood tree we'll put these pictures in the show notes by the way everyone yeah so then i have yeah so you can see them for yourself um and the three-eyed raven um which is which is fitting for the chapter we're discussing um, and then I have Roos um, stabbing Rob at the Red Wedding. Hot. And then um, Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Ramsey getting his legitimacy um, with Winterfell in the background. The um, the, the um, outline he his, did of Winterfell is flayed, real good. And his flayed man armor, um, which he does not have in the show, but he has it in the books. And it's so cool because he is the best dressed in all of Westeros. Um. Um, I mean, Cannon. did you yeah. like the out? I was going off earlier because um, I was outfits. rereading the chapter. His outfits about are incredible. His outfit, fantastic, the and the and the Bolton cloak that he gives to Jane it's with the, so tacky. The pink cloak, yeah. What, with the and Dion realizes just how tacky it was comparatively. Yeah, yeah. Red rubies and then a red leather flayed man. And then man. a red leather flayed man on a pink cloak. It's so much. And then much. it matches his his uh whatever he's wearing with the slashed like yeah, red fucking... with more blood drops and his pink cloak. He like, has the garnets yeah, across it. Yeah. So what nice. Literal fashion icon. And then he's got the little earring that he wears, his little blood drop earring. God, he'd be blowing up Instagram. Um yeah. seriously. No, but but for real, um I would follow. There's him. been a lot of really good analysis online about like the one of the reasons why he overdresses is that like that's like how he asserts being like a lord and being, and being of an upper class like real bolton like um my my mother has said about certain rich people in america that they are the poor man's idea of a rich man um and ramsey is very much in this like m- like dresses like a lower class person's idea of what a noble is which is then with theon and that that's a character foil for how theon used to dress on the stuff that happens <laughs> with Balon. oh my poor squid <laughs> Um, um, poor little squid. Um, this I have is a, a poor squid chapter. Yeah, I have um, I have a flaying knife tattoo. It's on my left inner wrist. Um, the hilt is like a flayed face screaming. That's a little bit phallic on purpose. It's good. Um, I see. Yeah, like um, Dave. Dave is Dave is solid. Yeah. Dave at Eight of Swords. Everybody, he's the best. Yeah, Dave Whalen. Um, um, at Eight of Swords tattoo in Brooklyn. If you live 
Mm. Or if you're visiting New York, visiting. Um, yeah. No, but really, they're good. Good prices, good people. There's there's a bodega. Well, not a bodega, but a no, tattoo but there's cat. A, there's a shop cat. There's a shop cat. Um, She's very cute. Oh, we love her. I pet the shop cat. I got my second one done there. Oh yeah, not yeah, you went Dave. there. Yeah, no, Dave. Yeah. But the, everyone who works there is great. They're um, all really nice. I have um, a couple tattoos from people there. God, what a good book. Yeah, I know, right? Shit. Um, I'm glad that we hate had you guys on for this. Yeah, chapter. yeah. Is there anything? I, I want to say these this pair of chapters, but we haven't even talked about Doran <laughs> oh one God, time. Oh my God, there. Yeah. <laughs> this conversation okay. yet. <laughs> I think we'll be fine. <laughs> just going off about both ends. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, can we just skip over the water and just don't really see the point? <laughs> um, I'm kind of. Oh God. Today's episode is sponsored by RX Bar. RX Bar is a whole food protein bar made with real, whole ingredients that actually taste delicious. RX Bar believes in the power of transparency and lets the core ingredients do all the talking. That's why they list them on the front of the packaging. RX Bars are made with a few simple, clean ingredients that each serve a purpose. Egg whites for protein, dates to bind the bars, nuts for texture, and other delicious ingredients like unsweetened chocolate, real fruit, and spices like sea salt or cinnamon. Whether you like sweet or savory, chocolate or fruit flavors, there is an RX Bar for you. RX Bars come in 14 delicious flavor varieties like mango pineapple, chocolate hazelnut, mixed berry, and chocolate chip. They are also gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, and there are no artificial colors or preservatives or fillers used in these bars. My family is going on a big hiking trip at the end of the month, and I ordered two boxes of the Blueberry RX Bars because they're my absolute favorite, and they're going to make a super great snack for the trail. There are 14 different flavors to choose from, all with the ingredients, again, listed on the outside of the packaging, which is really cool. For 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com slash O-W-N-S for owns and enter promo code owns at the checkout. That's rxbar.com promo code O-W-N-S for 25% off your first order. We also we referenced um some of the wedding speech in um in our own wedding because the um oh yeah we did well because in, since weddings always do have an address where you like are asking who comes but when Ramsey fucking says who comes before the God that wow. part's fucking incredible it's that fucking, was so it's cool so and like so cool and like yes he's talking about the weirwood but like Ramsey's very narcissistic he's also talking about himself but um um but. But at our at our wedding, I just connected that for the first time. Yeah, it's like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's he well because he for Theon he he does remake himself as Theon's god that he has the power to like he make does his identity or like make him or like break him and it's awful. But like, uh, um, yeah, yeah. But um, in our wedding, but but at our wedding, cast it outside at a, a gazebo, and I asked them who calls, who comes, and they um. And then they presented themselves to me. That's yeah, very neat. It was really cute. Yeah, yeah, That's sweet. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, because I wanted well, because I wanted cast. To, we also had to present a, themselves. We also had a cellist playing playing the game, the of, game of Thrones at one point. Of course, uh, and we and we wore white, red, and gold, so it was like the like the weirwood colors. Yeah. Um, but like mm-hmm. like we didn't make it super explicit, but it was like low key, yeah. like somewhat like visually and verbally influenced. And um, we also had the cake. Oh, yeah, yeah. With, um, oh, my God. Our after party cake had uh, had the freeze frame just before the arrow sank into Rob. And then I stuck the knife in. Oh, my God. Cut gosh. his head off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. 
And then, uh, that was amazing. And then our first dance that was accidentally was, to the to singing to the lyrics that you rewrote. Yeah, or to uh, "Staying Alive" by the Bee Gees. But um, there's a Senya did like a, a there's like an entire written lyrics or, or what? What did you do? Well, well no, I did it. It's, well, okay, you can yeah. tell by the way I use my walk. I'm a bold demand. No time to talk. Uh, the please keep going. The peaceful land and, and the, the women warm. That's been my rule since I was born. Now it's all right. It's okay. Small folk yeah. look the other way. We can try to understand the bad love's effect on man. Now, whether you're a mother or whether you're a brother, you're, you're not staying alive. Staying alive. Hospitality is breaking and everybody's shaking. You're not staying alive. Staying alive. Oh, my God. We we can go through the whole Amazing. thing. But I'm trying but to that think, was accidentally but, our first Yeah, that dance. was accidentally our first um, dance. Um, and there there are lyrics to the rest of the That's a perfect first dance. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah, that was our yeah, first dance. Yeah. And uh yeah, it was So did your dance. wedding have um, all of this staggering mist and mysterious circumstance? No, no, it was how about the lead up to that ceremony? Yo, just yo, the paragraphs. lead up is incredible. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Like I one of my notes was just like this is um was some of the most beautiful imagery in the um and the book is here and like hearing we were talking about hearing about Sion's childhood there and like yeah his childhood. yeah there was a lot we went like through a, a lot child. yeah yes. and i mean he's still kind of a child now like he's yeah. a, a young man but like later oh my god Theon Greyjoy was no stranger to this godwood he had played here as a boy skipping stones across the cold black beneath the weirwood hiding his treasures in the hole of an ancient oak stalking squirrels with a bow he made himself later older he had soaked his bruises in the hot springs after many a session in the yard with rob and jory and john snow and amongst these chestnuts and elms and soldier pines he down he had found secret places where he could hide when he wanted to be alone he was crying. That part really, yeah. That, that part, part like, really that part hit sucked me, me up. Because I mean, because the whole chapter, he's really thinking about having a home and and Aww. not having a home, uh, really, and and just like that, yeah. That part, and then the fact that he hears his name being whispered Aww, yeah, in like grand. that same place where he would kind of hide out when he was like a kid and yeah. just wanted to to be alone, you know, be alone and have um. emotions is like. Yeah, and it's got, oh, it and lot. it's important that um, Eddard and Roos physically resemble each other in our character foils here because Jamie, when he sees Roos for the first time, comments how much he looks like Eddard, which has always been really important to like understanding what like and not just what the Boltons are doing as characters, but what George uh, like R.R. Martin is doing with the Boltons as like literary devices because they're not pov characters like understanding that roos does resemble eddard uh and that you know the the ramsey john snow stuff is definitely much more obvious and like then then it's uh domrick and rob are the two character foils that uh then you have catelyn and bethany um which there's like you know catelyn has a lot of children just fucking pumps out babies bethany stillborn children <laughs> which uh, no no but but also like i like like justine aside i feel like if you look at barbary dustin what she's like as a person and like considering that like she would have to deal with fucking living with Roos, she probably had to be like a pretty savvy tough person well she's either savvy and tough or like a complete pushover and i i think it's more interesting to think of her as savvy and tough to like foil caitlin uh and then, I think so. I think that he likes savvy and tough too. Yeah, like like I feel like he would like that. That's why Ruslan is so good. Oh my god, the fucking show, the like 
fucking amped up the sexual tension between Roos and Catelyn in the Red Wedding so much. Mm-hmm. He literally looks at her during the betting and was like, I bet you did a great job getting fucked. And, and fucking Catelyn's like, nah, Edder didn't let anybody watch because my husband would have punched you. Uh, it's incredible. Yeah. That really happened. And like, yeah, I know. Like, that happened. Oh my God. I'm still not mm-hmm. over it. I'm still. And it's stabs like, her oldest son. Right and then stabs her. her oldest son right in front of her. And then also, like, all the bad, the accidental, like, Roos walks in on Rob and Talisa and, like, glowers uh-huh. at Rob. <laughs> like, I'm like, <laughs> right. bisexual icon. Uh, like, like, but that, that stuff is, like, it's so fucking funny that way, like, that that rob god rob first gets an erection watching a woman saw a man's leg off and him and Ruth finally have something in common to talk finally about. Yeah. Um, how do you think the viewers of the show felt about Ruth bolton back then not knowing they're probably what, like, what was who coming the fuck from is the book he? who is he yeah because okay because right. if you hadn't read the book they don't he doesn't get called by name like there's so many he's like so many like side characters on the show and that if you don't look stuff up it's like who the fuck is this because he doesn't get addressed by name at all he's just kind but of he like, has all this advice yeah he has he all this advice the like I, I had read actually some people's posting uh back when the red wedding episode aired because i was watching the show and i knew and people were like oh yeah this guy like seems solid and he hasn't a lot of advice what's going on with yeah, him was like generally the people who didn't know how they responded to him seems um, like a bro he seems like a solid dude what's up with him like people were like curious kind of looks like ned yeah kind of looks like kind of looks like stannis uh actually in the show in the show he looks like stannis old man's and all that blue light god so much blue light i thought his scene with walder right after the red wedding i like kind of love it and i kind of hate it that's forever that's the ramsey has his own way yeah that's the ramsey has his own ways forever young scene oh yeah which like it just didn't like i don't know like, they're both really good actors, but there's, like, yeah. just, like, the dialogue's a little... Like, the forever young thing, they sold it. And, like, Roos is that petty. We've discussed that. But it's just yeah. such, like, a weird scene. Yeah, it was weird, but, like... It had some emotion. Content, so... Yeah, well, well, no, well, he does have some emotion, because he's, like, he's an amused dude. I guess it's not a bad time to ask what you thought about the adaptation overall in the series with the... <laughs> The way that Bruce Bolton, Ramsey Bolton, I mean, without going into every single detail, um, because. Yeah, there's so much. So we stopped watching it midway through season, season midway five. through season five. Um, overall. Yeah. yeah. Overall. I mean, we've seen like isolated. I feel episodes. like we've talked about this, but maybe yeah, not. Yeah. And like, if you so I feel like if all three of your cast members are like, man, I was really uncomfortable about something that we had to do. Right. Like, I, I uh, uh, like yeah. literally all three of them just expressed discomfort about it and like it was uncomfortable to watch it wasn't um uh i don't think um it i didn't think that, land yeah yeah it didn't land i think there are ways to like film and talk about certain things um this is important outlander outlander is a great show uh outlander has themes of sexual assault that but and has it occur but also shows how people then deal with it and the psychological effects in a really like great respectful way and like really good storytelling around it um and and they just kind of pivoted away from it completely yeah they just pivoted away from it from it completely and i felt like it was there to like upset me and like honestly if i wanted to be upset i would just watch the news like if i want i want like a story about fucking like 
medieval people. Yeah. Or just read this chapter. Yeah, yeah, I would just read this yeah. chapter. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it, there's a lot of complications to me to like meeting a child and like planning to film that once she's an adult. That, that like, ugh, sorry. Like, the whole I, thing is. The whole thing is just mess. like cringy and weird. And like, I knew it was going to be cringy and weird. Um, and we, we, we it also didn't of, help that we like watched it in a, oh large my God, we were in a large people. group. It was so uncomfortable. It was like everyone literally was so, so uncomfortable. uncomfortable. And we knew it was coming because I had read all that we'd, you know, cause we cracked the interviews with the cast. We were like, Oh, it's going to be. And if they're saying it's bad and it felt bad, it's going to be bad because like, I'm like, if you film something like people, I don't know. I'm a, I'm in the like against method acting camp because I'm like, no, you should be able to like act and do your job uh like not, not always because i'm also not an actor but but like i don't know ewan has always talked about how like acting should be playing pretend um and that uh well yeah well zach you spoke with him about it duh like oh, yeah. like how he like he's like no this is like playing pretend and i don't bring it home with me it's just like a job i go and i play like cowboys and indians or like westeros <laughs> like god what a fucking right racist right. problematic children's game uh, sorry everyone um but <laughs> i'm sorry that i'm like this always <laughs> Uh, just fucking, um, but the point being, like, he, he said that he's like, no, this is just like something I go and I do and it's my job and then I put it down. Uh, like, I, I feel like for people to be bought, like, I don't know. I think it's a, I mean, it's something that I struggled with as well. And I think we all ask ourselves the same question at that point in season five. Um, and I think that, I think we should talk about how it plays out in this chapter. And I think we should talk about um, kind of what that means in the context of Theon's journey, what that means in the context of Ramsay, and what most importantly, in my opinion, means in the context of Jane Poole here. And, you know, I think that this, yeah, this is a really difficult um, topic. And I've been thinking a lot about it because it's difficult to talk about it. And I think that, it's a delicate situation. I think George R. R. Martin does a pretty good job of handling it fairly delicately and getting the point across without it being, you know, over sensationalized or anything like that. But um yeah. curious kind of from your guys' opinion as we're reading what is maybe one of the most like chilling God, yeah, passages yeah. in A Song of Ice and Fire, kind of how you feel or kind of what yeah, your thoughts or interpretations um, are from the book's perspective. Yeah, and like I, I don't think George is always like perfect at it, but I think it's definitely better than the show. Well, because it's internal. Um, oh, hundred percent yeah, better than I how think, they handle it on the show. But yeah, but but also the thing is, is that um, when you're looking at the process in turn, like it is somewhat just a problem of like visual media in general. In general, that because you don't get the external monologue. I mean, the internal monologue, it's always kind of objectifying and flattening, even Well, when... and the way they changed, the, I mean, using yeah. Sansa instead of Jane Poole, I mean, that's a whole nother Yeah, that's a whole conversation. Nother, that's a whole yeah, fucking thing. I feel like that's a whole, And like, like and in general, worms. we were, we were both pretty, uh, like, uh, like, pretty against it. I'm, like, pretty, like, I'm pretty, like, into Sansa stuff, and you're, like, ambivalent slash enjoy the later stuff. Like, yeah. like, but my point is that we have, like, a range of feelings about Sansa between both of us, and we both thought it was, like, uh, not great. Dis- like, it's just... Well, I mean, the thing is, like, you know, I mean, the, the feel of it was they took a character that is pretty divisive in the fandom 
on her own and and put her in this very traumatic situation and it just felt like it was more to get a reaction out of the viewers um than anything else yeah and it didn't yeah. really it didn't really need need to happen um and it just also wouldn't and it also that cut, much work to yeah. like put jane in no and it cut out a really interesting storyline because now like nothing essentially happens in the veil yeah and yeah. i think also not only is it an interesting storyline but i think that replacing jane with sansa kind of changes the point of what happens here i think it changes the point of what happens with theon because from the way I see it, somebody like Jane Poole is already going to be at a disadvantage because she's not highborn and she's a means to an end and she's just kind of here. And throughout this entire chapter, we get Theon saying over and over again, like, how come nobody notices, notices her eyes or why isn't anybody paying attention? It's because people don't really care. Yeah, um, but I think that like seeing Theon with her throughout this chapter is Theon... A, turning into himself again and B, kind of showing some sort of sympathy towards her and showing some sort of like he he feels for her and her situation. And so um, I think that it just kind of plays into this narrative of lowborn women in A Song of Ice and Fire. And I don't know. I don't know how to eloquently well, talk about my well, thoughts. But well, I know what you mean because how Theon would have treated someone like her beforehand is very different. Um, yeah. We see this from like his like ship sex um, that he has. Yeah. Of God, and also God. Even at the beginning of the chapter, when Jane like talks about that that she would be his whore or his wife, just like yeah. break right. my heart because she's really... like that's all she's taught so that sad. she can have the I options. Think an as interesting thing like i mean obviously in the show because of the you know external pov that we kind of already covered um i think something interesting about um like george r, r. martin's choice of having it be jane is um and someone who is not a pov character um and who has kind of been absent from the story up until the until this point um i think like theon says um her breasts were small and pointed her hips narrow and girlish her legs as skinny as a bird, a child. Theon had forgotten uh, how young she was. Sansa's age. Arya uh, would be even younger. Um, mm. I think, you know, I think something that, that mm. happens with the POV characters, especially the children, um, is people kind of start treating them like adults um, because we are so in their head um, and, you know, we are exposed to so much of their lives and mm. and just like, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's that's why a lot of people have very strong feelings about like Sansa and Arya and why people get really heated um, because some people are like, you know, well, like, why why aren't these children acting like adults or like, you know, she's more mature than the other one. And, you know, it goes back and forth infinitely oh, forever. Um, and I think the I think having Jane here kind of makes things almost in a sense like you're looking at her in a more objective way um and in a, and in a way that actually highlights how kind of just like chilling this whole scene is and yeah. how dark it is um because you don't have that sort of you don't have these like preconceived notions um and opinions about like choices that she's made and what's going on in her head and you know kind of things like that it's it's just more like wow here is a literal child who has just been a pawn 
in, you know, all these like Littlefinger and Roos and, yeah. you know, all these other Look peoples. how much it does not matter. Look what happens to her. It's yeah. Just, how much yeah. it just doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Yeah. So I, I think, so I think the, the choice of Jane actually really, because uh, I mean, George could have had, he could have chosen it to be Sansa. He could have put the real Arya in there. Like, you don't know what was going through his mind. Um, but I just think I think the choice of Jane um, yeah. actually like drives a lot home. Yeah, and I, and I've thought about it. I think it would just be um, I think it would just be too much to read from her point of view. I don't yeah. think I, I think because George talks about how horrible it is, pretty honestly, um, and like some of the honestly during the Brienne chapters where there was just like a lot of like rape threat. That was one of the few times that I've paused while reading a book because it was too much um, because I, I'm really very invested in Brienne as a character and like even and that was just like a threat. That was like a, it might not happen. And for a while, I actually couldn't reread when Roos first appears in those things because like the stuff with Brienne being like in like like rape threat danger was like too much for me. Um, oh, God, I just I love her so much. Um yeah, she yeah. got a lot of that in Feast for Crows. Yeah, yeah, Feast for Crows was real rough. Was just real rough for area. me. That um, that it was because it was really prolonged. It's not like it was like one scene. Right. And like that was actually something that I'm maybe <laughs> it was like a, you're a woman. I'm a man. There's not a lot of people around, so this might happen. Yeah, yeah, and that I'm even maybe a little bit critical of because like, it, like like it didn't. We get it. Like we get it. You could have mentioned it once, um, and like. Because, and I think maybe some of this is that maybe George R. R. Martin hasn't had to live with what having that threat hang over you is like. Because, like, it's not like when when you feel that way, you feel it once and then it goes away. It really, um, it really does hang over you. Um, I don't know if um, other people like here agree with that, um, but but I really find that like when you're in a situation where that threat feels real, it's not like it, it's very overwhelming. I think that also to tie this in even more is that by having this happen to somebody who like I look at like Brienne also isn't a highborn well Brienne is her own person but she doesn't have that same like quote-unquote status that Sansa has and yeah I'm Sansa's number one biggest fan so I will defend her to the ends of the earth but Sansa is gonna be okay regardless of all the horrible things that she does have to endure because she has a name tied to herself in a way that somebody like Brienne is such a outcast that Brienne isn't going to have that card that's going to eventually hopefully get her somewhere safe in a way that someone like Jane Poole isn't going to have that card that's going to eventually hope to get her somewhere safe and you know Sansa's in a very perilous goes through some very perilous situations as well and I'm not trying to downplay anything that she goes through um, but I think that it just it just all ties into this conversation that we're having kind of and a conversation George Jar Martin has throughout the series about how people in Westerosi society are treated who aren't our main characters or who aren't these or who aren't these um people born into privilege regardless of kind of what that privilege has done to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the the sexual violence Sansa faces, like not all of it comes from within marriages. Whereas for Brienne, it's coming external to marriages yeah. is like a useful though, because it's not that Sansa doesn't go through it. It's that it, you like Peter is like different, but like, but then um someone uh, who was it that pointed out really 
something really interesting that I hadn't quite realized um, is that um, is that Lisa Aaron may have raped Peter. Um, and I hadn't, and it's, and I think some of it is because they're existing in a society where Peter Baelish maybe wouldn't one necessarily have that like language or conception of it, or that that's something that like a woman can do to a man. Um, especially not like, for example, Dorn could maybe have that conception because they are, um, like Dorn has more frank and open like conversations about sexuality that are more like comparable to what like our like more progressive end of yeah so you're giving me a look am i embarrassing you because i'm like we finally got to door um (laughs) we're just gonna talk about this this one one today yeah Yeah, i think that's for the best okay yeah but um, because we just have a lot to talk about yeah yeah because we've got a lot to go through dorn um yeah but like that but like so sansa the threat sansa faces like regarding sexual violence a lot of times come from like within marriage or within like Peter's thing is like that's a whole weird fucking thing and then Sandor is like a whole weird fucking thing but um but like the stuff with Tyrion and the stuff with um Joffrey with Joffrey I couldn't think of Jojo's name I like to get freaky you know what I mean that's a reference to bad looking Game of Thrones uh yeah like that comes from within a marriage but for low-born women and like we see this with ramsey's mother even like it doesn't that's like related to the concept of marriage but like that's like extramarital yeah so just like in the context of kind of what the point he's trying to make you know like i said I'm not trying to oh yeah oh minimize yeah anything oh yeah oh no but i'm saying through. that like definitely like like it's for not sure. a minimization of either one of them just the types of violence that they face the threat of are different like intersections like yeah uh, of the yeah, same thing yeah, but like, different amalgamations yeah and there's uh, different lessons to be learned yeah about like what um, violence looks like something i kind of i feel like this kind of flows in and out of the same conversation is kind of everything that ramsey's done to theon slash reek and kind of his um everything he's gone through and how this chapter i feel like is really the first time he starts to recognize himself again um he calls himself theon for the first time i think in a dance with dragons yeah um and he does a lot of name stuff in context of jane and we we kind of start to see him reassert himself after everything that he's been through so far with ramsey even though he knows and then goes through more like and i mean he really he really gets really far i mean at the end of the chapter he does like when he's back in ramsey's presence he really kind of shrinks back into that like reek mode um but he's still they're alone there's so few people there this yeah. doesn't feel like it's a big like wedding where there's other people that could possibly hold Ramsey's actions to account or Roos's actions to account. But he still he still does have the moment where he thinks about like the dagger um, and he does kind of entertain that for like a little like, you know, just like a minute. Which is huge. Which is yeah. I think that that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's like really, you know, it's really interesting that even though he does kind of go back into that shell a little bit um just this like kind of brief time and and i think really the the exposure to jane um and seeing what she's going through um really kind of gives him a new perspective um and he does he does start getting there even in ramsey's presence 
God, yeah, but then that last thing, because he's being called Fionn again, and then it ends with him as Reek once. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah, God. So, yeah. Do you think that that's a full decline, or do you think it's just situational? I think it's like, situational. Yeah. Um, and this is, like, like, some of it is, like, literary, of course. Like, you know, like like, he's making a literary decision about how to characterize people, but also, like, when you do have, like, trauma that causes like dissociative stuff like it is like i'm saying this experientially it is um it does shift and it is situational um like how you function but like and of course like this is also like i don't know analyzing fiction in terms of psychology is real weird because at the end of the day there's not like the characters aren't there thinking and like having thoughts and having diagnosable mental illnesses that match the same way we talk about mental illnesses and diagnoses definitely fit everyone a hundred percent of the time of course yeah uh, yeah God, yeah you know like it, it's complicated but yeah it i think it is a realistic portrayal of the way that um yes. like functioning dissociatively to deal with trauma works um it, at least for me it feels really realistic yeah um, and i think i think it's an interesting take ooh. on what george is kind of continually doing with the idea of like you know like heroes and damsels in distress um because you know instead yeah, of a very instead damsel. of getting you know instead of getting say like a like a highborn character um and a prince you get kind of the lowborn character in Jane, um, and then sort of, uh, kind of this, you know, Theon like makes a point of saying like instead of being remembered as a prince and like the prince of Winterfell, he's only going to be remembered as a turncloak. Um, so I think it, I think it's kind of an interesting reversal of of the kind of classic fairy tale um, tropes, which is pretty standard, George. Uh, it's a just a bastard in this dark room. It's it's a lowborn girl, and it's it's decimated reek. Yeah, and, you know the cast of characters is yeah yeah. It's a dark and I mean place. and it's and it's a it's a very human like Ramsey is a fucked up dude, but he's a he's a human person. He's yeah. not he's not a dragon. He's not a mo- like I mean he's a he's just monst- a fucked up a monster. Dude. Whatever whatever a beast in human a beast skin. in human skin. But and it's I mean still he's so not a important. mythical. Oh my god, if any listeners think that Roose Bolton is a vampire, just unplug right fucking now. <laughs> because I'm trying to... Good, because you know, I was about to ask you. No. Should I, should I log off then? No, oh my god. Just kidding. Oh, I, was, I was about to like go in. I was about I was like, um, no, but for real, send me your IP address and your credit card information <laughs> if you believe Ruth. And like, because well, I was talking about this, there's a quote with the torchlight across everyone's face and they all become bestial except for Roose, which is a mask. Um... Bruce is not a vampire because if if they're fucking monsters, then it's not scary. End of story. He just he just has no just inner has, dialogue, you know. He's chill. Yeah, and he He's just has two leech. chips of dirty ice where his eyes should be. Yeah, exactly. like that's it. Like that's and I get that it's like oh the other people are like turning into animals, but he's like a dude and like the bolt on no, thing. He's ice cold. He's just he's just a cold fucked up dude, and so is Ramsey. Because then they're not scary if they're like fucking White Walker vampire bullshit. Like then they're just fucking monsters. But it's scary because they're people. Like read yeah. some fucking books. That's a good point. <laughs> like <laughs> sorry, I just I get so heated up about that, and people ask me about it a lot, and I respond this intensely every fucking good. time. Good. <laughs> every like if you want to get me riled up in a public place and make me embarrass myself, we ask like it about this. Is Bruce a vampire? What were we gonna say, Hannah? 
Well, I was going to kind of shift gears a little bit because if that's okay. Oh, yeah. But yeah. yeah. In no, the context. Really somber. Like, sorry. Ugh. It's a somber chapter. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think there's no way around it. Well, but I in the context. Like, yeah. Sorry. In, in the context of everything that's going on with Theon and Ramsey and Jane, I want to ask you guys what you think about the Grand Northern Conspiracy because um, we get some fray pie in here and we get these interesting conversations that we're having with Lady Dustin. Um, and I'm just curious on your guys' thoughts. I feel like there's some inklings of this northern conspiracy theory happening in this chapter and i'm curious on anybody's thoughts on uh whether or not that that's something that's happening well, kind of I'm what the boltons like, are doing confused like like i get what the phrase means and i've read the theory but like we're reading like a political in- i like i guess what it is is that for me because we're reading a political intrigue book i like like of course there are going to be some people moving against them and like some people moving for like, I think Barbary is definitely for Roos unless it gets her killed, as well as the other. Like, does, doesn't, um, who has Roos Jr. that's related to Barbary? Wait, who's Roos Jr.? Oh, little Roos. Little, yeah, um, oh, I don't know. There's, uh, it's one of the wristwalls, though, right? Yeah, there's a wristwall named after Roos. Um, and also Barbary mm-hmm. Dustin really fucking hates Eddard Stark. Yeah. Fucking does yeah. not like him one bit. Um, and I'm sure so like this is gonna sound like a dumb answer, but there are probably some people that are for the Boltons. There are probably some people that are against them. There's probably other minor lords who have like not done great under the Starks and are like, man, my life could suck less right now as long as I don't get my skin cut off. <laughs> um oh, but like the just some of the fucking like just like the mere concept of like the great northern conspiracy whenever i hear it like like you all aren't like this but there's some people i just like roll my eyes at when they say it because they're the same people that are like i want Jon snow to be king i want sansa to be queen in the north which i'm like she just wants to be left alone and to heal from her trauma she she doesn't want to have to rule and yes she would be good at it but just like let the girl fucking like take a deep breath and like fucking heal like you fucking <laughs> stuff. oh my god sorry like that one probably like she's gonna be queen and she's like such a like yes she's a great like political like work but that she doesn't necessarily enjoy it she like did that to like for survival to, for survival and like using skills that you learn to survive isn't fun and cool because she's not a shitty person like Peter. i know but there's two books left she might have to survive some more you know she will have to survive but she doesn't like get off on ruining people's lives like peter baelish does that's what peter baelish right. wants to make her into and she's not fucking like that Ooh, <sighs> sorry i got so riled up um so <laughs> they, they should play the rat cook is, is yeah. um play the- yeah, they, uh, just, sorry yeah i'm not riled up also, just like feeding human beings other human beings that they don't know it. That's like one of my top squicks. I'm like, no, nah, that's gross. This is gross. That's too far, right? Yeah, it's like too far. I'm s- sexualizing Rob Wind. Fine. Non consensually feeding people to other people. Too Chunks much. of roasted okay, pork. Lord Manderley. That's the hot take. <laughs> Hannah, do you think it's human flesh that they're eating in that pie? Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. I mean,. He's yelling for the rat cook song. That sort of oh, yeah. the deal. Like really yeah. that George George is not subtle about stuff like that. Like the like the R plus L equals J thing. Like we also we also just have so much time is some of it. Like maybe if this was like 
like if we didn't have like years between books to think about it like <laughs> maybe it would seem less maybe it would seem less obvious it to but um but here we are george you did well this, and also george. manderley is living way too much like he's too hype yeah he's like be. way yeah. too hype and like yo free fat walda 2k forever girl girl does not 2k forever girl grows up being made fun of by her fucking like literally hundreds of relatives um then she finally manages to get out of that so shitty social situation and get to be like basically queen of the north with her like creepy older man husband but like yeah get it yeah she's like 50 Ooh, ooh, but like oh but like oh my god so then like gets to marry an evil senior citizen with a (laughs) homicidal son who's probably gonna kill her and then fucking stan and if he doesn't kill her stannis will execute her and meanwhile some fucko is like then also feeding her her relatives while she doesn't even know about it i felt bad that she was eating it i was like oh don't eat that yeah Yeah. walda let free walda she had three slices. Oh, she no. Did. No, no. So he says that. And I was like, Walda, no. Walda. Um, and Roos is like, mm, I'm not going to eat this. It's like the best part. Roos is just sitting there like, Roos does not have anything. Roos is like, not going to drink, not going to eat. Don't feel like getting poisoned. Uh, I'm well, gonna he go only with- eats whatever Manderley Why eats. Manderley tries, yeah. Yeah. Motherfucker doesn't have time for any of this nonsense. Yeah, so what I think- did you think about sorry go on i was gonna say i think roos thinks that there might be a northern conspiracy that's he's bad well he's certainly working on one of his own yeah fear is what keeps a man alive in this world of treachery and deceit or whatever what do you think about wyman manderley's singers and performers it's like oh they're all like part-time performers maybe they're also part-time good at fighting with stuff yeah yeah that i've heard about and i think it could be true like like that suspicious yeah Yeah, that is suspicious and i like well then also because man's raider is also there There, yeah there's Mm -hmm. like rolls up then there's the whole question of what's going on with the pink letter is that so so my my favorite pink letter crack theory this is my pink letter crack theory is that the pink letter is not written by ramsey bolton it is written by roos bolton pretending to be ramsey that's so wow. funny. And when okay. you read that wow. letter as Roos pretending to be Ramsey, it is wild. I mean, just think about it. Think about him doing that with like, I don't know, like he, he maybe Walda is helping him uh, for all we know. Because like, Roos is... Just think about like... Roos is also smart enough to make it seem like it's Ramsey's handwriting Um, is like my big thing. It, come and, and I, see. Yeah. Come. Oh my God. Fucking come and see. What a fucking challenge. That letter is fucking like harrowing. But, what's the, I was going to say, what's the advantage of having Roos having written that over Ramsey? Um, I mean, so the advantage, so because I think he's trying to like lure Jon Snow there for some sort of strategical position. Um, I like, like this is just a crack theory. Like I think he's trying to lure Jon somewhere and potentially something has happened to Ramsey and Roos doesn't want Jon to know um Ruse, it's advantageous for for john to think Pour that he's still alive um oh, no. yeah oh no i guess gonna have to pop that baby out of walda and have a boy lord boy lords are the bane of any house nice boy lord. um that would be an interesting update 
if we find out that that's how it's gone, that Roos is kind of the the one on top and it's not Ramsey. Yeah, like I know everyone thinks it's going to be Ramsey, like thanks D&D, but I don't, I don't, I just want Stannis to decapitate Roos in a fucking, I want Stannis and Roos to meet and have a cool conversation because Roos is like the only thing that's bad is <laughs> Kinslain and Stannis killed his fucking brother, brother and Stannis is all about like obeying the people that you're loyal to and Roos doesn't fucking do that at all. Those people Cass has had to hear this a million times. Are you, am I boring you? No, sweetheart? no, I'm just, I'm just okay, like, I'm yeah. So, so it would be cool. It'd be a cool conversation. They even look like each other on the show. It'd be cool <laughs> as fuck. And Ruskana stole his leeches on the show, and Roos needs them back. Um, Roos just like turns up. Stannis, I'm here not to fight a war, <laughs> but to demand the return of the hostages you stole. Versus Stannis, like, what? Oh, sorry, what hostages? My leeches. My leeches. That's hilarious. Yeah, such <laughs> bad blood I've built up. I've been trapped in Winterfell in the winter with, with my son, and he's a whole piece of work. Those yeah. are all things he detests. The only thing he likes out of all of that are his leeches. Yeah, no. Barbary says he loves them. Love the leech. He loves um, the leech. But hooray for the practicing the four humors. Um, do I do really like that? Um, that's a funny trait about him is that we have to you have to remember that also what that tells us in the context of Westeros is that he's a hypochondriac. Uh, not a hypochondriac, maybe not hypochondriac, but he's very like health concerned, like the prunes and the digestion, because like leeches are. Because, oh my god, when he's fucking having the meeting in Clash of Kings and he's just fucking he's naked, naked, covered in leeches, um, that that's like a medical process to him. So, like, there isn't a nudity taboo in Westeros, so there shouldn't really be, if it's era appropriate, like, there, there wasn't as much of a nudity taboo. It would be that he's just, like, weirdly obsessed with healthcare. Like, he's just, like... He's a thoughtful dude. Yeah, he's a thoughtful dude. <laughs> loves his healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that that's like a weird personality trait. And in terms of like, does Roos have anxieties about things? Um, this is like, again, okay, now this is entirely me making shit up. This is entirely me making shit up, which is that I've always felt like that in a modern setting, Roos would be a more neurotic person. Because in the classic setting, when he's like neurotic and wants to control things, he can just fucking kill people and cut their mm-hmm. skin off and do whatever the fuck he wants because he's like a lord of somewhere whereas in a mod especially if it's like weird modern suburban setting which is what i tend to write <laughs> a lot um and where he has to blend it like yes especially once edward's dead in classic he doesn't roost doesn't have to do things to blend into society and what the rules of society are he can he controls what the rules of society are to a certain extent as long as the people in his land are satisfied because like he's warden of the north um, that has always been my rule i suggest you make it yours uh yeah i'm sorry that i'm just like Roosting casually. The roost is loose. The roost has been loose this whole episode. I'm sorry yeah. that the roost has been so loose. The roost is so very loose. Yeah, but the point is that I think if in a modern setting or in a setting where he wouldn't have control, I think he becomes like a more neurotic person. And like that some of his like coldness and calculatingness was also to deal with like these again, just entirely headcanons that, um, he has like ways that he needs the world to be and he needs to enforce that. And that's his purpose. If yeah. he has. Yeah. Yeah. That's what his purpose that. is. Um, is definitely also, again, now these are just like head cannons. These are just things I made up that are not necessarily true. <laughs> uh, which is that when he was younger, he was probably, I think a bit more of a rowdy boy. Um, not, not as explicit and wild as Ramsey, but like, and a lot of times when you hear like, and Cass, 
all up on that true crime life knows about yeah. this. That people like when like serial killers and people who exhibit that type of behavior when they're like teenagers tend to like explore and test what the boundaries are a little bit. Mm-hmm. That I think when he was much and they young- also like yeah you also like figure out what your like what your what your thing is like you know like you'll get a weird boner about something and then you'll be like I want to like tie someone up and like tickle their feet and then stab them like, yeah that play their skin yeah, yeah. And that i think as a young man especially being a young man with probably a very stern parent because like look at how he is as a father yeah. <laughs> um being told that the central part of your identity is like things like a naked man has few secrets a flayed man has none uh the phrase our blades are sharp has a lot going on which is actually in terms of a phrase it's actually pretty similar to winter is coming in terms of what it tells us about northern values which is this is like preparedness yeah but um but a little more homicidal and dangerous maybe not the one of the two you want leading everything yeah but um yeah definitely not the guy that you want to be mad at you but um but i think he was definitely rowdier as a kid uh like and like i mean like a teenager like figuring out boundaries figuring out what he could get away with um and then realize that like what he had to do in order to make that's the vibe that's the vibe our blades are sharp has to me versus winter is coming like winter is coming is more like okay team huddle up like we got to get through this together. And then like our blades are sharp is like everybody swords out, get ready to stab people. Like it's more like outward. Whereas like winter is coming feels more like inward. If that makes sense. No, that, That's actually really good. That uh, winter is coming is about like a calling. We're not about like solidifying the pack. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like our blades are sharp is about like, is more like external something out there. We have to take it on. Like, yeah. And it's all being resolved in the North in the context of all these characters. So fascinating. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff about, uh, like, different aspects of Northern culture and really, they like... priests or weddings. Yeah, they yes. don't have priests. They don't have priests. Super quick wedding. I like that. No yeah. priests. No Very priests. simple. Um, they kneeled. Yeah. Yeah, also... Ooh, this no is, one even, like, officiated that. Yeah, like, no one officiated. You Theon just was like... Besides the three-eyed crow. Yeah! Oh, yeah. shit. You're right. Can I read though. something? Oh, yes. yeah, sure, go for it. Please. Somewhere in the godswood, a raven screamed... The dagger was still in his hand. The raven responded to the moment that was happening inside. And, of course, after all of the setup from the beginning of the chapter with the gray mist, which I'm staring at now, so paranoid, cloaking the scene and the obvious presence of the werewood trees and the obvious presence of, what is it, Bran? Is it? Yeah, you got poor fucking Bran seeing that. Well, like, Bran is going through so much fucking trauma right now, like... Why is Bran here? Like, what is Bran interested in this moment, though? This has got to be so important, right? Well, this whole it's his home. In, in Mance Raider's scene. Yeah, shit. Yeah, Mance Raider is there. There's so Fuck, many yeah. things happening right now. Yeah, this is... Do you think he might think it's actually the real Arya and he's checking? He's like, wait a second. Well, I think he would, like, see and be like, oh, shit. Well, because he might have heard about Arya. Well, because there's all the, like, where's Arya fake outs? Because there's yeah, this. Yeah, there's Arya, quote unquote, Arya headed to John at the wall. Yeah, there's a lot of Arya's afoot. Which of I Arya's. think, isn't that, um, that's a uh, Alyssa Karstark, isn't it? The one headed to John? Yes. Yeah. I think it's I Alyssa think so. Karstark. Um, but yeah, it's like, why can't I hold all these Arya's? Um, play a. It's like Flay of Karstark and like there's a Stark underneath. 
I think Ramsey says that at some point in yeah, he does. The show? He's I like, don't... if you yeah, you flay, you flay a flay a car Stark, you find a Stark or something like that. Mm. I don't. I think he says it in the book. Books, God, and um, it feels more like a book thing. Yeah, yeah, because the car Stark plot is kind of weirdly handled in the show. It's yeah, because it's just not very clear yeah. who they are and then or why and what they're doing or why the the dispute is significant. But I mean, also by the time you get to see the end of season five, you're like, who is this little finger guy and what happened to the other one? <sighs> yeah. They're not Starks, they're car Starks. Yeah. Okay. Mm. It's just a little bit different. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so, well, Bran, because it's his home, um, I think Bran might also, I suspect Bran would know the truth that Theon isn't a traitor. Bran knows that there's some shit going on with Theon that's more complicated than it appears. Mm-hmm. Right. And has access to everything that happened in terms of stuff that's like where would near in the north. So probably has a little bit more like he wouldn't be able to see Theon on the Iron Islands, for example, or some of the other stuff. But he would have the sense or also when Theon like saved him back with uh, uh, Asha. Asha. In the woods, like him and Theon, kind of have a complicated relationship. With Osha, yeah. Osha, with Osha, yeah. He's um, like, when is Asha in the God. woods? With <laughs> I just it's spelt with an O, and I still say yeah. the ah sound. You yeah, know? yeah. I think they a have bit. a bit of a complicated relationship, um, and especially that I think now that he's a little that a lot has happened to him, I think Bran would understand more. Like, I don't think he would have understood why it was complicated at the start, but I think now yeah, he's come he to understand a lot more about it, context. especially now that he can, like, go back through the trees and understand, God, when we first fucking see them, the, all of them together, and Theon's, then they're going to behead the dude, and Bran's nervous about it, and Theon is carrying... the head kicks the head but also Theon picks up the sword, sword for him yeah. which like that always fucking gets me that uh, that Theon has to watch uttered behead people always like gets me riled up whenever and he has to hold the sword and he has to hold the sword and he's not dumb like he knows that that could be him and then when he kicks the head and like like there's certain some ways in which like Theon is like a fucko at, at the beginning but like I don't know. Some of the but people I mean, who are I like Eddard's like a good dad like, and like he would still decapitate him you dumb yeah but also, and also, I mean, Theon is like, like at the beginning, is clearly like a person who like, like some people use humor to cope. Like, you know, I think he's like a big memer because he's like dealing with some shit. Because then he's like also a little kid who would go into the godswood and cry. Greyjoy memes for sad teens. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, this is a tough chapter for Theon. I'll be interested to know what Bran thinks about how yeah. this all went down whenever we talk to him next because we we spent so much time here we'll probably get some kind of a readout on it later yeah Yeah, i yeah i just hope it comes up between them or like any of it comes up because um theon i mean bran would be able to see a lot of what happened to theon um because i'm sure um yeah i've always interpreted that the that the dreadfort has a god's wood i've always assumed it did um so i'm sure theon did some crying there let me look at my notes because there's some other shit that I thought of. I don't know where um, my notes are at. No, they're on my phone. Cool. They're very, um, they're very formal wording. Um, oh yeah, I I read it. And I felt incredible. like I was there. Uh, Five thirty two. Yes, yeah, so sad scene. Jane and about how she said they should be thankful. Uh, Roos making a promise to Theon. The beautiful imagery. The, the description of the godswoods is really beautiful. 
uh, just Barbary fucking being bitter and going in on everything. God, one of the Roos Bolton really did that moments that um, I mentioned was Theon talking about how Roos would say he would be merciful and then oh, Roos's and then hanging mercy all the... being hanging oh, yeah. them and hanging not playing the them. The part's mm-hmm. so fucked up. That was um, wild. Yeah, like that. That just is like such like super a... Super messed up. Yeah, but it's such like also just like a good storytelling moment of a way to fit in a small detail yeah. that tells us about what Theon has become like accustomed to and like what has been going on and what his life is like and how Winterfell is reassembled uh, because that is important. Um, and such a weakened state compared to what it used to be. Yeah. Greenhouses like, are broken. All the glass. All, all the, the timbers different. They're, they're completely building the rafters in a way that it didn't yeah. used to be. Yeah. There's new maesters fluttering about. Fake yeah. Arya. Fake Arya. Fake Arya. So that, but then also those. then next is in the next chapter we get the fucking um we get the closed island murders. Yes. Those are those are real fun. Um yeah. it's so interesting having them back to back too. And that's actually the original order. This was in the original order. Usually on uh, the podcast we have it reordered for our or with our Feast with Dragons reading oh, order. Yeah. But this is uh back to back how George had them written in Advance of Dragons, and I really like the transition between the two. But we decided we were only going to do the one today. So whenever yeah. we go to Owens, we're just going to do Owens for the... Half of them. Yeah, for, yeah, for the them. Prince of Winterfell. But it's the first time we've done it so far, but this is a perfect occasion for it. Do um, Yeah. Yeah, because you guys love the Boltons so much. <laughs> because you guys are the Boltons. <laughs> we are literally the Boltons. <laughs> You're literally the Boltons. We say, I, I'm under a neon sign that says dead nudes. Like, literally yeah. in my yeah. home. Um, send a photo of that. Um, we also have the full banner, too. Though. Yeah, we have the full banner that we need HBO to hang up. full Bolton banner that we got. I'm glad that they made them. No, I'm glad that, and I want to get one of the Frey Towers, too. Um, I have a little, like, wooden Frey Tower set up shelf between um, next to my bed here. Uh, we live in a studio apartment, so, like, everything's, like, one. Everything it's called the Dread Fort. I mean, it basically is. This is the dread fort of love. Love. (laughs) Um, Leave your leeches at home. When we have you on the podcast next, will you have plenty more to say about Roose Bolton, Theon Greyjoy, Ramsey Bolton, and the antics of whatever they're trying to solve in Winterfell? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, well, because so I'm going to be honest, I haven't actually really, this sounds silly, but I intentionally haven't really, like, tried to solve that murder because, like, this might sound dumb, but, like, I want to be surprised when I read the next book, if that makes sense. Like, for sure. Like, like I haven't read any theories on it. I don't even think about it. I'm just like, who the fuck is the ghost? Like, that's yeah. I just want to read it and be like, oh, shit. That's what we'll do. I promise. We don't have to look at any theories. Yeah, like, I don't, yeah. well, or at least you can like theories. Just don't tell me about them. I want to be, like, 100%. Like, I just want to be. Like, when it happens, there's, like, like shit that I just, like, don't think about so that I can, like, so that I can feel like, um, like, I'm just totally coming, like, into it, like, fresh and fancy. That's Sherlock, author, Georg. I don't know what I'm saying. Georg Holmes. (laughs) Georg Holmes. And the mystery of Winterfell. I think we've covered pretty much everything in this chapter yeah, i think yeah, i'm, looking I'm glad yeah and i think we really have covered we a really lot got there i think so well i'm glad we decided as much as we would have loved to talk about dorn i'm glad we focused yeah. on everything happening in <laughs> prince of winterfell because i just feel like there's so much going on in this chapter so um that being said 
your owns. At the end of the podcast, we do our favorite moment. So what would you, who wants to go first, our favorite, oh, their own of the, of the chapter? Our favorite right. own of the chapter. I'm kind of, you know, I think I know it's hard because there's like a lot of like hot fucking content here, especially <laughs> for me. But I think really, because um, I was looking at a gift set for the quote uh, earlier today, it is when Barbary is talking to um it's the like it's the ruse has no feelings you see those leeches that he loves so well sucked all the passions out like well it's really the whole quote uh god that i love him so well sucked all the passions out of him years ago he does not love he does not hate he does not grieve this is a game to him mildly diverting some men hunt some men hawk some tumble dice ruse plays with men you and me, these phrase, Lord Mandalay, his plump new wife, even his bastard, we are but his playthings. Like, I really love that quote. And there is, um, I like looked at a gift set that uh, that someone on Tumblr had made that was like different images of um, Roos throughout the show in it. And I just really like, um, I just come back to that a lot. Um, like that, that really... Like, the things that I get really, like, fixated on about, like, the characters and, like, things that I'm doing, like, to maybe, like, deal with some stuff myself. Like, that quote just fucking, like, gets me every fucking time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what about you, hun? Um, okay. Uh, so, I think mine, um, I could, I could be myself and be, like, the part where Roos says, Ramsey, go and fuck while the men <laughs> talk about business. Um, but, right. but actually, um... So, so one thing overall that I really love about the entire series is I feel like no matter how many times I reread it, um, which at this point has been a lot, um, a lot, a lot, um, there's always something, I feel like I always discover something new, um, you know, like if it's just, you know, a very, very small detail, um, that I didn't pick up on, um, during one reading or, or just, you know, a new, a new line that kind of hits you in a new way. Um, so I think, I think for me, um, it was the part we were talking about earlier, um, uh, where, where Theon is talking, is thinking about the godswood. Uh, Mm -hmm. Theon Greyjoy was no stranger to this godwood. Um, he had played here as a boy. Um, and then just the line, um, where, where it gets to the part, uh, in amongst the chestnuts and the elms and the soldier pines, he had found secret places where he could hide when he wanted to be alone. Um, I think, I think that, that part really, really is the, is the one that really jumped out at me, um, in a new way this time. Um, and I think that's a, that's a really powerful part, um, of what Theon's entire storyline is about. Um, but it, it also just like drives home, um, just like the quality of what, George has given us, um, which is just, you know, these really, really in-depth books that, um, you know, every, every read is, is like the first read, um, in some way. And that's really cool. Mm -hmm. It's so true. That's very good. Such good owns. Mine's short. Winterfell was full of ghosts for Theon Greyjoy. Yeah. So good. I don't know what I'm going to do for mine. Why my Manderley was partying at someone else's party. <laughs> yeah, that's that a good one. Cool. 
kind of want to give it to Jane Poole just flat out. Oh, yeah, Jane. But, so that's one of them. So I'm going to give two. And then the other one, I want to do the line of, I made myself the Prince of Winterfell, he thought. And from that came all of this. Yeah. Um, just like Theon's arrogance led him to some harsh reality. So I thought that was a good good moment in his millions of moments of great internal dialogue. Yeah. yeah. Those are our owns. Here are some of yours for half the one yours. chapter. Yeah, the half. <laughs> Okay, first up, and I will say, we will save your other half of your owns for the next episode. So don't you worry. Um, first up, we have Brienne of Tarth at Beauty Brienne, who says, Own to the ghost imagery and memories in Theon's chapter. It's the worst kind of nostalgia. Uh, Jen Calhoun at Calhouner. All y'all and fucking eating people. Um, so Jen's read is uh, Own for Prince to the to the best pry you have ever tasted and the beautiful way Manderly says what he's done by requesting the song about the rat cook, a, a cook from the night fort who served a pie to a king made of his own son's flesh. Hashtag fray pies, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> Jen rocks. Okay, so uh, Nafisa Angel um, at Nafisa underscore W um, owns go to Theon for finally reclaiming his identity. This Aww. is the first chapter where he thinks of himself as Theon since becoming Reek. Mm-hmm. Our last own for the Prince of Winterfell, Jerry from Mayo at Unlaus on Twitter, owned for the Prince of Winterfell to Wyman Manderly. The pies, <laughs> the song requests, the plotting. He's playing the Boltons in the phrase like a fiddle. Hashtag the North remembers. Bonus owned to YouTube for having one of their songs make the Westeros billboard, or excuse me, billboard top 40. It's so funny. <laughs> the musicians Gary. begin to play again. And the bard Abel began to sing two hearts that beat as one. I'm away at present and didn't get a chance to reread the watch before I left, so can't offer an own there, sadly. No problem. <laughs> we got you. We did this just for you. <laughs> yeah, honestly, two of hearts. Yeah. I, I was laughing about the song, two of, of hearts, hearts. Two hearts that beat <laughs> as one. And we, we had to get it before. in there. Yeah, we had to get that in there, but um, no, but Gary, and also there's the Michael Bolton joke. He's the long lost Bolton. Um, I love you two so much. Thank you for coming oh, on the we podcast. Love you too, Zach. Yeah, it's so nice, so us. fun. This was fun. This was fun. This was a blast. I didn't know I could have this much fun talking about so much death and decay, but <laughs> I should have known if that's the Boltons the, were joining us for this chapter. That's what we bring. That's what to we bring party. to the party. Fun. No pies. Do you guys want to <laughs> plug your socials again? I know we did it at yeah, the front of the episode, yeah. but where can people find you? Postmodern Bruce Bolton. Um, so you do yeah, yours. Yeah, and so I'll do mine. Just go to Bolton.com. It's all no, there, I'm sure. I, honestly, <laughs> gosh, just I love my dead gay son.com. Uh, <laughs> no, so my uh, my Tumblr URL is Love Your Crooked Neighbor. L O V E Y O U R C R O O K E D N E I G H B O U R dot Tumblr dot com. Uh, my Instagram is Necro N E C R O dot Pharmacon P H A R M A K O N. Um, I don't use Twitter because like I find it too stressful. Uh, you can also find me on archive of our own dot com, a crooked neighbor spelled the uh, same way as in the uh, Tumblr URL. If you want to read my nastiness. Yeah. Um, um, it's, it's nasty. Yeah, so, actually, ooh, oh, dude, I was actually uh, I was featured on like a crack dot com article for the uh, 10 most shocking Game of Thrones fan fiction sex scenes. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Saying that I'm one of the most Congrats. disgusting people on the Internet. That's yeah. um, that is a, quite a trophy to carry. I'm also blocked. 
fucked by a number of important people uh, in this fandom. Um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, which, um, which if it's just that people don't like my content, that's totally fine. But, uh, but it's just funny. Um, so yeah, so I, I am on the tumblr.com as well at, uh, Tender, T-E-N-D-E-R, hyphen, Vittles, V-I-T-T-L-E-S. That's a cat um, It's a defunct brand of cat treats that I used to feed my childhood cat. Um, my uh, my AO3 is the same thing, just no hyphen or anything. It's just all one word. Um, Instagram is the same thing, just with a dot instead of the hyphen. Your Twitter. Um, and then my Twitter is at uh, Secret Shy Boy, all one word. Everything is spelled like it's spelled. Um, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Come read our ghost fan fiction. It's yeah. very sexy. I'm sorry for all the works in progress. Oh, and my um, my Dead Rob side blog is perhaps I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> .tumblr.com, um, which that's literally just all art of Rob dead or dying. It's sort of like clutter <laughs> my main blog and and like if I want to like go in the pit and look at all of it at once, I can. Oh wow. Like um, the virtual museum. <laughs> yeah, that's my virtual museum of dead Rob. Um yeah, that's all of our socials. Really thank you both for having us on. Yeah, this um, was so much super fun. fun. No, it was a blast. It was awesome. Yeah, we appreciate yeah. your guys' time. If you see Sydney and Cass at a, a Song of Ice and Fire meetup game of thrones meetup occasion i'm not sure you need to walk up and say hi there's two of my favorite oh, people yeah. and oh. you will not be disappointed great conversations will follow it'll be a blast um yeah no and please if you do see us somewhere please feel free to say hi um oh, yeah, we don't totally. really murder people uh, we're not shy we're not shy um yeah no but for real we um we the fandom has brought together our mm. live and also other friendships Okay, we're, I'm gonna stop. So you can end your show. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how y'all end your show. Please listen to the next podcast um, whenever it comes out, and all the other ones. And thank you for listening to this episode, everyone. Yeah, right? yeah. Then um, should I? I guess we'll we'll send you the file. 